0: Welcome to the M-Tech Cast, where we talk to industry experts about emerging technologies. Brought to you by CompTIA's Emerging Technology Community. Welcome to the M-Tech Cast. My name is Jim Hamilton. I'm the VP of Member Communities at CompTIA and your host for today. And I'm here with Bob Cooney, who's a location-based virtual reality expert, a speaker, an author, and a mentor. Great to have you on the show, Bob.
1: It's an honor to be here, Jim. Thank you.
0: So I did a I did a flyby introduction. Could you maybe just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure. So I've been um, in the what's what what they're calling the location based entertainment industry for about thirty years now. I started one of the first laser tag companies in the world back in the late eighties, um, and along that journey, um, wound up stumbling into virtual reality through a client of mine, and we launched um, virtual reality and looked. And um, laser tag arcades and malls in the in the early to mid '90s, um, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. I went on to start several businesses, including um, the first um, VR arcade game company in in the late '90s called Global VR, and we had this amazing game called the VR Vortex that some of your listeners might have. Played with a game called Beachhead Two Thousand. It was in every arcade in the world, probably. And you'd walk up to it, and it had this boom-mounted display that you'd stick your head into, like a bucket, and you'd be able to spin around and shoot at tanks and and German soldiers cool. marching up the hill. Um, yeah, and then uh, went on to do a bunch of stuff. I've always been in kind of the bleeding edge of technology and location-based um, entertainment. I was the COO for Buzz Time, which um, does trivia games on ba- on TVs and bars. Um, at Buffalo Wild Wings. A lot of people are probably familiar with that. So always kind of like on that digital edge of entertainment outside of the home.
0: Okay, very cool. So so I know when I was speaking to you um, in Amsterdam, you're very passionate about location-based VR um, as one of the key areas where, where VR can really grab a foothold or is really grabbing a foothold. Maybe, I, I know a lot of our listeners like to separate hype from, from reality. Mm-hmm. Tell us What's the hype and, and why you firmly believe location-based virtual reality isn't the hype?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, look, I think virtual reality is a technology looking for a problem to solve in general, um, especially in the consumer markets. And there was a lot of hype around VR is going to become the next gaming console or the next computing platform or whatever. And And, and the reality is it's, you know, it's... Isolating, you put it on, you sit on your couch. It's really uncomfortable for you and anybody sitting around yeah. you. Um, it's a bit awkward. People don't like putting on goggles and blocking out their, you know, their sensors. And that's one of the reason that the three D TV didn't take off was people didn't just didn't want to wear glasses in the living room. And so there's a lot of headwinds around adoption of VR in the consumer market. So unless it's solving a problem that's more valuable than the problems it causes, it's never gonna take off. And so I think all the hype around VR as a consumer technology is absolutely overblown. Um, I think where we're seeing VR take off and where we're gonna see it become a really dominant technology is like a thousand little micro verticals, right? And one of those is location-based VR. And the reason that people are so excited about it is because it gives the consumer a way to experience VR. Because until you try it, you don't know how amazing it is. It's like You know, I tell people trying to get people to do VR is like trying to get them to watch television on the radio. It's really hard to (laughs) describe what it's like. And so this so you're going to experience it in business. They're doing it in corporate training. They're doing it in, you know, in in um, in collaboration. You're seeing it in medical spaces. You're seeing it in the treatment of trauma and PTSD. So you're seeing it in all these like little teeny micro verticals where people be exposed to. But none of those are mass market. And I think places like arcades and movie theaters and family entertainment centers are the mass market opportunity for consumers to try it. And this way, when somebody comes up with a solution for the consumer, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, that was amazing. Let me go investigate that.
0: Awesome, awesome. So, so that's a good segue into um, you know, how, how can business leverage this technology? I mean, we're talking about the entertainment industry, we're talking about making an amazing, amazing experience for consumers. Can um, you connect the dots for us on how businesses can, can leverage this?
1: Yeah, I think, look, I think that most of the VR arcades, as they're being called right now, are were started by hobbyists that were passionate about virtual reality. So lots of individuals, many of which had no experience running small businesses, went to Best Buy or on Amazon, and they bought, you know, four to 10 HCC Vives. They bought some shower curtains and rods. They put up these little 10 by 10 booths in a strip mall somewhere. And they had this, if you build it, they will come mentality. And unfortunately, these people didn't understand the challenges of running a small business, marketing, sales, pricing, promotion, hiring, training, customer service, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they're struggling. Um, And so now in the second wave of this last, you know, this, this new VR trend, you're starting to see more commercial operators come in. And these are the guys that operate large family entertainment centers, large entertainment facilities. They're generally five to $10 million a year businesses. They've got multimillion dollars of infrastructure. They've got, they're running, they've got a list of 10,000 problems and figuring out how to put together a VR solution. Isn't one of them, right? So, so what, what they want to do VR oftentimes they're curious about it, but they're running go-kart tracks and bowling centers and trampoline parks and And they don't have the time, like the hobbyist guys did, to figure out how to put together a solution made up of primarily consumer technology into something that works for the commercial market. And so where the gap in the market seems to be for now is companies that can put together that tech stack in a way that makes sense for an operator to buy it and say, "Okay, I get it. You come in and install it. I pay you and I don't have to worry about it. And so on the other side of that spectrum, so you have the operator on one side who's sophisticated but has a lot of time issues and but has money. On the other side of that, you have these software developers who mostly came out of the consumer game space. They pivoted to VR because they thought it was amazing. They're building games and experiences on virtual reality, but they don't know anything about A, the market, or B, the hardware solutions that you have to bring to build something that's really commercially viable in a, in a retail environment. And so I think where the gap in the market right now seems to be connecting those two dots in the value chain. And there is one company in that space called Exit Reality, and they're crushing it from what I can tell. They can't keep up with the business they have, and they call themselves Virtual Reality Infrastructure. And they're building these systems, you know, connecting the consumer technology with the commercial market, and they seem to be doing very well. And I think there's opportunities for other companies to come in and provide that type of value-added value added reseller service in this market, um, and, and to date, I haven't seen anybody else coming into it.
2: CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that when leveraged result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at CompTIA.org register.
0: So, so that's interesting. A, a new vertical for for technology companies. Um, can you give me an idea of the size of the the market we're talking about here? Because I think a yeah. lot of people aren't aren't familiar with you know when you say trampoline parks and things like that. It sounds niche, but but this isn't a small market, is it's it? It's not
1: a small market. I think there's you know like trampoline parks alone in the U.S. are probably six or seven hundred, with another you know four or five hundred in Europe and growing rapidly. Um, there's not a lot of data on family entertainment centers. I know there's, there's hundreds of these indoor karting centers like K2Speed is the, probably the most popular chain, but, but, but most of those are again, individual owned and operated. Um, I do a conference that I attend called F2FEC, face-to-face FEC, and it's a networking group of about 100 of the best family entertainment center operators. And every year they do a survey of the people in the room and consistently, those hundred people spend over a billion dollars a year in new attractions for their family entertainment centers every wow. year. And that's just a hundred of them, right? And there are more than a hundred of them. So, you know, the attractions market for family entertainment centers in the U.S. alone is a multi-billion dollar business. And so, it, but it's not something, it flies way under the radar.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, so a fantastic potential new vertical for for an organization or a company to take take advantage of. That's great. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about sort of separating hype from reality uh, with, with, with VR earlier. Uh, now maybe I want to think maybe 10, 15 years ago, and uh, 15 years ago, 15 years into the future and think about, well, where could this market go? And, and maybe we're adding a little bit more hype here because we're, we're thinking 15 years out. But what, what do you see the potential for this market? Where do you see this technology going?
1: Look, I, I spent a lot of time, in fact, I'm going to, I'm writing a book um, on that exact um, on that exact topic that'll be out hopefully around the end of the year, beginning of next year, but um, it's going to change everything, but it's going to tap in a lot more slowly than people expect. In fact, there's a, you know, another sister technology called augmented reality, which is, you know, people see as kind of you know, the next version of Google glass or um, in fact, at MWC in Barcelona this week, Microsoft just un- un- unveiled the HoloLens 2, which is like this next, spatial computing platform where you see through, the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality for the listeners that aren't inclined to follow this stuff is um, virtual reality closes out the environment, the real environment, and you're purely immersed in the virtual environment. Augmented reality puts a a synthetic layer on top of what you're seeing in the real world and places virtual objects in the real world, right? And so I think you're gonna see that technology probably take off faster. Um, and become more widespread use. And what it's gonna do is it's gonna train us, this is the scary part, and I don't mean to be dystopian, but it's gonna train us to get all that information through our vision and it's gonna become the next big computing platform um, using spatial recognition, voice recognition, hand gestures, it's gonna remove the need for a touch screen. And this is gonna happen over the next five or 10 years. And then what you're gonna see is that's gonna get us comfortable looking at the world through this synthetic lens then the next stage of that is and if you walk down the street and you just watch people staring at their phones as they're walking down the street we're getting really really comfortable being distracted constantly and 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 living through a virtual lens right now which is our smartphone and so it's not hard for me to to forecast that at some point when virtual reality allows us to tune out the world entirely and be in this virtual environment where we can teleport ourselves into different places like school, like physical schools will go away. There's no reason Mm -hmm. for me to transport myself to a school if I can be in a virtual classroom with all my friends and the teacher and they can watch my eye tracking and I can use, like, there's no reason for that to exist. And if you take that to the next level, why do I have to go to a workplace? And if I can take that to the next level is why do I need to go on a vacation? And so you're going to see entire industries like real estate and, and transportation disrupted, as people travel less. Now I'm talking about 15 20 25 years in the future. Um you know Ray Kurzweil talks about the pace of innovation growing exponentially and he said that in this century we're going to see 25,000 years of growth technologically compared to last century. Um you know so when you think about that this might only be 25 years away actually that's a long time. You know that 's probably five thousand years of innovation in the last <laughs> in the last century compared to the last century so oh. um, so some of those things are are a bit they can be a bit scary and how we apply that technology and who 's driving those and one of the things i 'm concerned about is the fact that the the technology platforms are in the hands of media companies like Facebook owns oculus, and mm-hmm. Facebook is one of the things that people point to as the cause of all this distraction these days and you know, and so if you think about a, a, a fully immersive version of Facebook, um, where we're really truly addicted, um, that can be a little bit scary. And so those are things I, I tend to lay awake up at night
0: think about. Wow, yeah. It's, so there's a trend uh, coming called ambient computing. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's basically this idea that your computing environment. You know, we started with smart objects like a light bulb, which you put on the internet and you can turn on and off. And then we created some automation and now we can control all the lights through some sort of deliberate automation schedule. Well, when you add AI and IoT to that, now all of a sudden you can have um, an environment that actually adapts to you and is behavior based as opposed to something that's deliberate and programmed. And I I can help but thinking, imagine adding uh, an AR lens to that kind of environment um, and just how... how how both exciting it could be, but also how scary it can be. When and think
1: about fun. how advertisers might impact that. So if advertisers wanted to be able to change your mood by changing the lighting in your house um, and all of a sudden make you sad or depressed and wanting to distract yourself by watching, binge-watching Netflix, like, like there's, some, there's some really nefarious things that could happen with that technology in the hands of companies who are ad-supported. And that's the right. thing, that I'm, I'm, you know, I think is really interesting and fascinating that we have to watch out for.
0: Yeah. And how much more. So when it's a virtual world, like it's not a it's not a world even that's around you that it's automated. It's a world yeah. that's being created for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, uh, thank you very much, Bob, for, for your time today. This is a great opportunity to catch up with you. Anything you want to share in closing with with our listeners?
1: No, I think, look, I I think, I think if you haven't done virtual reality, you need to do it. Like it's going to be big. It's going to take longer than people expect. Um, but if you haven't even tried it, go out to a local VR arcade. There's at least two or three in every city. Um, you know, if you got kids, bring your kids or friend, or just go by yourself and rent out a booth for an hour and, you know, and go play job simulator, Richie's plank, or some of these immersive experiences. And it really is mind blowing. People do it for the first time. And that's one of the joys that I get is watching people do this for the first time. And they're just like, Oh, my God, that was amazing. And so um, and get your head around it, because it's not going away this time.
0: Well, thank you very much. Uh, We'll catch up with you somewhere, I'm sure very soon. But uh, thanks for being on the podcast today. My pleasure.
2: In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. Become a member today at comptia.org register.
0: Thanks for listening to the M-Tech Cast. To learn more about CompTIA's emerging technology community, visit comptia.org communities.